0: Go to choice.crd.co. That's choice.crd.co. And I encourage you to speak up on your podcast as well. Take care and spread the word. Hello and welcome to. No, just kidding. This is not a new episode of Podcast Pontifications with me, Evo Terra. My long winter's nap is soon coming to an end, just a few more weeks. But today, I want to let you know about another podcast I think you'll be interested in. Between Two Mics is the podcast for podcasters, presented by the co-founders of Squadcast and friends of the show, Zach and Rock. Now what I love most about it is that it's not a 30-minute long pitch for Squadcast. Instead, it's podcasters talking podcasting, giving fun tips and tricks along the way. The episode I've selected for you features another friend of the show, Andrew Wang, host of the podcast Inspired Money, and the co-founder of the Asian American Podcasters Association. I think you're going to like it. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Now, here's the full episode of Between Two Mics.
1: Welcome to Between Two Mics, the podcast that brings you remote recording resources from Squadcast.fm. I'm Rockfelder, co-founder and CFO of Squadcast. And I'm Zach Moreno, co-founder and CEO.
2: On Between Two Mics, we bring you interviews with podcasters, experts in the field of remote
1: recording, we discuss current events in podcasting, and so much more. Twice a month, you'll hear a Founders episode. That's just the two of us chatting about all things remote recording, updates to Squadcast, what we're up to, and what we're listening to. The other two weeks of the month will bring you interview episodes.
2: Zach and I will sit down with experts in the podcast space to discuss their companies, their podcasts,
1: their thoughts on podcasting, creating content, and more. The most exciting part? We're recording all of this on Squadcast, the best place to record remote audio and video interviews in studio quality. So, let's get between two mics. Hey,
2: listener, it's Rock here. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Between Two Mics. On this episode, we chat with Andy Wang, the owner of Runnymede Capital Associates, a financial advisory family business, and he's also the host of the Inspired Money podcast, a personal finance show that is ranked number 10 by Forbes for personal finance podcasts. For the episode, Zach and I chat with Andy about the 12-month commitment that got him started with his show, how he makes what can be kind of a boring and maybe even intimidating topic like personal finance inspiring and why he's experimenting with video and how it's been working out for him. So thanks again for listening and
1: we hope you enjoy. Andy, welcome to uh, Between Two Mics. How would you introduce yourselves? You're into a lot of different things. So I wanted to hear how you would introduce yourself. It's like the hardest question ever. Well, thank you. It's
3: good to be here between Zach and Rock. I always thought whenever I saw your title that you guys should both be named Mike. But anyways. Mm, I like that. (laughs) I am a financial advisor. I'm the host of the Inspired Money podcast. I am co-founder of the Asian American Podcasters Association. And I periodically play Hawaiian music in the New York tri-state area. Well, you got a full
2: plate and that's really cool. And it's so funny to hear how uh, we keep hearing this, uh, that podcasters tend to have a background in music as well. So that's continues to, I I guess it shouldn't surprise me anymore, but it it continues to. But you do have uh, your podcast, which is uh, Inspired Money. It's a personal finance podcast, correct? And it was like top 10 for Forbes personal finance show. So, so congratulations. That's incredible. I'm a big fan of, of personal finance myself. So what got you started with the show?
3: Well, thank you very much. Yeah, I can't believe it's been over 200 episodes weekly, four years, which, um, A pretty good chunk of my life, right? But um, I say that I came to podcasting post Serial. Uh, I feel like there are those who came before and those who came after. So I feel like I'm new to podcasting, even though four years into it, suddenly I'm like OG. Maybe not OG, but I've been at Mm -hmm. it for a long time, and I should know what I'm doing by now. I came to podcasting as a listener. It, It was with Serial first. I was just drawn into the stories. And I think once I got all caught up listening to whatever episodes had been published and I then had to wait once a week for the new episode to come out, then I started exploring what else is on my Apple podcast player. And as a business owner, as a financial advisor, I kind of leaned toward business podcasts and marketing podcasts and trying to educate myself and up my business game while driving to and from work. While doing the dishes, I liked the fact that it was on demand and I could pick what I wanted to listen to and I could learn more than like morning drive radio, which was totally entertaining, but I wasn't, it wasn't helping me become a better business owner. So I guess probably two years into that, it dawned on me, it's like, oh, I think that I could have a podcast and it would be fun to do. We had been doing a little bit of content marketing as far as publishing blog articles on our financial advisor website. And that had already surprised me because I didn't think anyone cared what a financial advisor wanted to write. We tend to be pretty boring and dry when it comes to content creation. So Mm -hmm. I, I said, oh, it'd be kind of nice to experiment with audio and see how would that fit into our company blog and creating content. So I started and four years later, I'm still going. So my goal was just to not be totally boring so inspired money sort of lighter trying to have like a positive view on money and interviewing all kinds of guests who since we all have to deal with money and live with money anybody can be a guest so i've had a former wwe wrestler i've had actors i've had business owners and just having fun learning from all kinds of amazing people
2: well, and that's why I really enjoy personal finances, because uh, what you just said, like it, it kind of impacts us all, like we're all kind of playing in this game, whether we like it or not. And so for me, the way I tend to uh, react to that sort of thing is just accept it and try to figure out how to work it to my advantage for, for to some degree. Uh, but I am curious about the starting. So you, I love how you framed it as post-serial. When you say post-serial, was that like the first time you listened to a podcast with Serial? Or was that the first podcast that like got you to say, I actually want to create a podcast? podcast? Because I feel like I was listening to podcasts way before Serial, but I think the PS timeframe is when I started to make a change of like becoming more a part of the industry and not just like a a consumer. So I'm curious how that that plays out for you.
3: Yeah, for me, I I think that I'm terrible when it comes to, I'm not an early adopter of technology. Like I remember my wife had an iPod pretty early on and I'm like, I don't Mm want to carry that around. I don't need music. I've got FM radio. Why do I need to carry that? And I have CDs. So yeah, I came to it. I hadn't listened to podcasts at all. I had heard of the term podcast. I kind of knew what it was, but not really. Like conceptually, yes, I had never listened to one, so I didn't know anything. And I had two different cousins, separate meetings, family gatherings probably in one month and both of them asked me, "Have you listened to Serial yet?" And I said, "No." So i had my smartphone i wasn't that technic technologically like that bad so i had like the uh, apple podcast player and i could quickly download and listen so yeah that was that was the beginning for me and like i said then from there just listening to business podcasts and all kinds of different you know sometimes it's um since i have an interest in music i also like listening to some musician, songwriting interview podcasts I just love that you can listen to whatever you, whatever it is you want. And today, it seems like
1: the sky's the limit. Whatever interest you have, you can probably find a show. It's a beautiful time and quite a journey you've been on over the last four years. Do you think it was because this was a topic you were already like deeply invested in, and maybe these conversations were already happening, and all you had to do was click record? Like, I guess what I'm trying to get at is, what do you think helped you? have that strong of a habit to keep it going consistently for, uh, you know, the cadence that you've chose is I think a lot of people start out more conservatively, like monthly or biweekly or something like that. So I'm not sure if you've always been weekly. But yeah, that that's a lot. So um, I guess I'm what I'm getting at is like, how did that workflow come about was kind of their elements already there? And you just had to had to kind of add the podcast pieces to it? Or uh, or is this something you just kind of went headfirst in, and it was so much fun that you just kept going and found a way to make it work with your schedule?
3: I think it's a pro and a con. It's probably part good personality trait and part illness. But back in July, a friend of mine, Angel Jones, who oh my gosh, he he's published over two thousand episodes, I think. Yeah, he's a delight. Angel asked me, "Do you want to do this?" Like, I think he was doing a. 60. I can't remember what it was. Anyways, it was like a physical challenge. And I said, all right, so I've been doing a hundred push a hundred sit-ups and a hundred squats since July every day. So maybe I brought that kind of like mentality to podcasting, reflecting back to when I was planning, trying to figure out conceptualizing what inspired money would be. Is it an interview podcast? Is it a solo podcast? What is it that I want the show to be podcast positioning? where is it going to fit in what's out there already trying to do some of that strategic thinking i reached out of i reached out to a friend of mine pico he goes by pico pico's hawaiian music concert guide he had published oh my gosh probably a thousand episodes at the time that i talked to him so i said hey pico i'm thinking about starting a podcast do you have any advice for me and we had a conversation like this uh, on the computer And he said two things. One was, are you sure that you want to start a podcast? And when I said yes, he said, okay, here's my advice for you, commit to doing it for a year at whatever frequency you're gonna be publishing without looking at anything, without looking at stats, without even trying to figure out, do you like it or not? But commit to 12 months and see what you can create, see what you can put out there and then reevaluate. And I really like that advice. We always hear that podcasting is a slow burn. It takes time. You hear all kinds of things. But I like Pico's advice, like 12 months. That's solid. And just see what you can do in that period. So I continue to do that. I treat it like a kind of TV show. Am I going to renew my own show? Do I want to commit for another 12 months or not? And so far, I have four times. So I keep plugging away.
2: So I think uh, Pico gave you great advice, Andy, because all those things you said are totally true that podcasting is, is a slow grind that it's, if you keep working at it and chipping away, amazing things will happen, but it, it does take usually a long-term play. But one of the things that you I want to call back to was like, you were talking about how the topic of, of money, you know, personal finance, whatever can be, it can be boring. It can be bland. It can be, uh, there's ways to make it pretty uninteresting to folks uh, if you just, you know, don't add that that, that flair to it. Uh, but it also can be scary, uncomfortable and stuff. So, you know, when you were putting together the show and really trying to make it uh, inspire, you know, inspired money, what were tactics that you found to be helpful to, you know, make a, what can be a bland topic more interesting and digestible for folks?
3: Well, I think when it comes to creating a podcast and launching a podcast, as well as if you take a bigger view of content marketing, one of the most important things is who is your ideal audience? Who is the avatar? And can you be so specific that you're identifying a specific hypothetical individual Mm. and, and really know who are they? Married, not married, kids, what kind of job, what does that person do for fun? Where do they go? You know, how do they spend their leisure time? I didn't have an answer. So in my view, I just wanted to create a show that I enjoyed myself. I don't know if that's a, uh, the lazy man's way to do it, but maybe lacking data. I didn't know exactly who the ideal listener was for inspired money. So at the very least I started, okay, I'll be the audience of one. If it's a show that I'd be willing to listen to, that'll be my first gauge. But I guess my thought at the time was money can be boring. Financial advisors tend to put out really dry content. That's not very interesting. So If I look at the inspired side of money, which is very broad, it can be an inspired money story of an entrepreneur who built a business from scratch. It can be somebody's story about founding a nonprofit charity and why they've dedicated their life to a specific cause. Like that's an inspired money story. So, Mm -hmm. you know, from making money to giving it away, that covers a lot of territory. And um, I love infomercials as a kid. In high school, I loved watching infomercials late at night at like one in the morning, two in the morning. I'd watch (laughs) all these Sham Wow and whatever infomercials there were. I was always sucked into those. So I remember Tony Robbins, like Tony Robbins would be selling his books and his cassette tapes. And it was always just like a positive message. How can positivity Mm -hmm. advance your goals in your life? So I was like, what if I could take like that Tony Robbins kind of attitude of positivity and apply that to money because Mm -hmm. so many people have, maybe they have like money blocks or they had, uh, there's like childhood trauma. Nobody likes to talk about money or very few people. It's sort of like one of those taboo subjects. Like don't talk about money. Don't talk about religion. Don't talk about, it's one of those things. Don't talk about politics. So that was kind of my thinking. I'm like, well, it's sort of like try to be like a gateway to getting people to actually open their financial statements or look at their 401k and want to do that and maybe if we just have some interesting stories or inspiring stories we can inspire listeners to actually take care of their finances because i I find that uh, with our money it's important but life gets in the way too often we're not addressing our personal finances
1: We're gonna take a quick break, but we'll be back soon with more from Between Two Mics.
2: Hey listener, a quick note to let you know about the latest and greatest from Squadcast. We recently launched Squadcast version 4.9 and it's got some really great new features we wanna make sure you know about. You can now hide your own camera from view. So if you're chatting with an interviewee and you don't wanna stare at your own face, that's now possible. This was a very popular suggestion from the community also we are now integrated with podcast host captivate so if you use them to host your show there are some great new ways to schedule squadcast sessions from your captivate dashboard we've also got some more zapier integrations we also introduced an auto re-rendering for audio and video files so that will save you a click and a whole lot more you can discover v4.9 by logging into your squadcast account As always, let us know what you think, and there'll be more updates coming soon from us and the rest of the Squadcast engineering team. All right, let's get back to the show.
1: Seems to have been working out for you. I mean, how's that category been? Do you guest on other people's shows? Is that something that you've used to help grow your show? How How do you think about growth from, you know, your perspective now a couple years in and a lot of these episodes under your belt? How do you define success? I think that
3: no matter where we are, we all want to grow more because we, we really do like pour our hearts and souls into the creation of the podcast. I try to have the simple goal of just making next week's episode a little bit better than the last. It's like incremental improvement. I think growth is hard. I think that um, podcasting does have, you know, you always hear about discoverability problem and is there a discovery problem in podcasting? I think if you compare it to a single platform like YouTube, the answer is yes. Because YouTube, because of the algorithm and you're just on their platform. Uh, Many YouTubers have had success because they understand the algorithm. They can kind of cater to that and get their content put in front of people that in YouTube's vision is the right persona, right? They're trying to find people who like your type of content. And when you have a win-win, you can have pretty exponential growth. With podcasting, Mm -hmm. I find that that doesn't happen that often. And um, certainly it's harder you know something like serial was like a phenomenon where two of my cousins were asking me separately have you listened to this podcast i find that that happens very limitedly so how do people find you the data is usually that it is still word of mouth which is kind of crazy because you feel like mm-hmm. a podcast it's it's like tech related right you're you're uploading your mp3 file to a server somewhere and somebody's likely listening on a smartphone but very often they're not discovering you on their smartphone it's because
1: somebody word of mouth like that's tough to deal with yeah they already so, know what they're looking for on their phone
3: yeah and um you know like very few of us have this built-in audience already like tim ferris had his four-hour work week he had a big following from the book and then he started the blog grew that and then could launch the podcast Uh, You see a lot of celebrities today getting into podcasting. You know, that's no guaranteed recipe. I think that we all want to have a bigger audience than we have wherever you are in your journey. I very rarely turn down a podcast invitation, and I I appreciate those invitations too, because I I know that when I invite somebody on, there's a caring there. You care about your show. You want to put the best show out as possible. So for someone to invite me onto their podcast, onto their airs, appreciate that. So I do try to do that. I think I need to do more of that because we know that is a good way to at least get in front of other podcast listeners.
2: Yeah, we definitely heard that it's uh, an effective strategy. And I do think it's fascinating what you said that like podcasting is is absolutely, uh, it's in the tech space. It's in social media to some degree, too. But it feels like we're in some, I don't want to say dark corner, but we're not playing with the rest of the kids, right? So with the social media or YouTube and stuff like that, like we kind of have our own thing going on, which I think is it's great, but it, it's not perfect. I mean, one of those things that I do like about podcasting is that you don't necessarily have, have to have this massive serial type of audience to have tremendous benefits from it. You know, with your show, there is kind of uh, an angle that plays into your, your business, your financial advisory business, correct? Uh, I'm wondering, was that part of the plan and how has that been working? Has it been pretty uh, simpatico?
3: Yeah, it, that's how I can rationalize and make a case for why I can jump on a podcast like between the hours of nine and five if I have to. <laughs> I mean, I'm an owner of my business too, so I, I have some latitude. But if it were if just a little not related to my business at all, yeah, then, then my coworkers and it's a family business. So my brother would be asking me, should you really be spending this much time on the podcast? Whereas, um, at least if it plays nicely with my work, then maybe I, I can at least try to make an excuse. Uh, it's hard to measure. I mean, certainly I'll get inbound calls at work and somebody has a question, a prospect. And if I ask, if I remember to ask them how it is that you heard of us, uh, there have been times when they say, oh, I've listened to your podcast, which is nice, right? And uh, it certainly changes. I think the conversation that takes place because if you talk to someone who has either read your blog articles or they've listened to your podcast, the conversation is just at a different starting place. Like they feel like they know you already. There's, there's yeah. an added level of trust that is not there if someone's just calling out of the blue. So it's different. And I think that anyone who consumes content and you're creating it, uh, there's a relationship and trust built there over time. So lends well to trying to have a potential business relationship because people do do hear your voice. And I think podcasting especially, it is very intimate when somebody has their earbuds, your voice is in their head, oftentimes for you know 45, 60 minutes at a time. And they get to know your voice. And I think that or many surveys do say, I'll agree with this as a podcast listener. When you listen to shows, you you do feel like the show hosts are your friend. You do feel like you get to know the person, which is funny because the tough part from the podcast creator side is that often you don't get enough feedback. And I think that goes back to what we were talking about earlier, which is, you know, you're trying to market using social media, but you find that it's hard to get people who are listening to jump onto like social media. Like it's hard to get people to go across platforms. And in that same way, I think podcasters are challenged. It's hard for listeners to provide instant feedback, right? Because they're listening in their car, they're driving, they're multitasking. And to provide feedback, they have to email you. there's too much friction there. I find that I lack feedback a lot of the time. Periodically, I will send out like a survey, like a listener survey and try to entice people with a Amazon gift card for five people or something. But I find that, I don't get that many surveys completed. So you take what you can get. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things we've talked about on this show and
2: something we've learned engaging with podcasters every day. And that's our day job at Squadcast, essentially is that, yeah, it can be a lonely game. And, but it it sounds like, you know, the way that you've combated that, I suppose is similar to what we've seen. A lot of other podcasters is seeking out the community. You know, you, you've mentioned a lot of folks that we're, we're familiar with and um, I believe, you know, you're also friends with uh, another Person that's been really good to us in the early days of Squadcast, Eric Hundley. Um, and, you know, just like that's been a we've seen him do similar things as you where you kind of it seems like you, you lean on your peers quite often to see when things get a little bit lonely. And it sounds like that's been helpful for you, though, just like seeing what your peers are doing and collaborating with them and stuff.
3: Yep. Eric Hunley, shout out to Unstructured Podcast and his live streams. He's been killing it on YouTube and other yeah. other platforms with the uh, live streams podcasting community is just a great community. There are just so many people that are generous. They're open to sharing. Uh, It's a supportive community. So I've really enjoyed going to events like Podcast Movement and PodFest and being able to meet people face-to-face and going to sessions where we're learning about Marketing and promoting a podcast or creating a podcast i've had some opportunities like i've, I've spoken at podfest i've talked like a, on some of their virtual events i've been speaker at different inbound marketing events inbound up in boston i got to talk about audio influence so i, I do try to take advantage of those opportunities to one learn and then also share what i've learned I encourage anybody who is interested in creating a podcast or is a podcaster to take the trip to go somewhere and do some networking and do some learning because we're all trying to figure out our way. And one of the most beautiful things about the podcast medium as a space is how much latitude and room it gives us to actually experiment. We're not bound to a fixed amount of time like you would be on the radio. With a podcast, you can do a five-minute episode and you can do a three-hour episode back-to-back. It's up to you. I think that because
1: we can experiment, you should be experimenting and trying to see what works. Looking ahead, I mean, what experiments or ideas do you have to take your show into the future? Or do you have ideas for other shows is something we find is kind of a a common thing amongst podcasters where one show will turn into three. What What are you looking forward to for your show?
3: Lately, I've been trying to create more video, trying to um, publish video episodes to YouTube because Eric Hunley has done very well on YouTube. I've been curious, like, can I take my current format? We kind of all know that a static image, like taking a static image and publishing the audio to YouTube, uh, YouTube doesn't like that that much. YouTube wants to keep people on the platform, but they do that through video. So can I just record video and publish that and will that work? And then I guess some of the other experimentation is that I can create like some standalone video content and post that to YouTube too. But I don't know. I'm not a fan of video. I don't like having to worry about is my hair combed properly? Am I wearing like a decent shirt? I embraced the audio only, but I'm willing to try the video just to see what happens. So that's what I've been doing. How does that fit on YouTube? I don't
1: know, but there's only one way to find out. You got to commit. Well, if I follow Pico, I have to do this for a year. One thing I've seen, I don't know if you've tried this, but like slicing it up by question and answer, kind of topical videos, and then doing the full uh, in addition to that and kind of have a jump into that at the end. Yeah, I'm trying that right now, which is more work, right? But I'm trying it with YouTube. I mean, they're all
3: different views on how to do this, but I essentially created a separate channel for the clips.
1: Yeah. Because
3: for the sake of the algorithm, it's like the three to 10 minute clips, maybe that attracts a certain type of viewer. And then the full episode, if it's 60 minutes, that's going to attract a different type of viewer. So that's why you want to separate them out. To me, I'd like to have them all on one channel. It's just easier that way, but I'm experimenting. And I like the fact that you can repurpose the content that you have from the full interview. So you can take highlights, take some short clips, and then you can also use that on social media too. That can get tweeted out. It can be shared on Instagram, TikTok. So yeah, I'm trying. I don't think I'm a good TikToker, but I'm trying.
2: I, I'm not either, and I haven't even tried. So uh, kudos to you for for putting yourself out there and trying and getting out of your comfort zone. And this is exactly the reason why we added video recording to Squadcast for for all the reasons that you're saying that you know folks just wanting to do more with their content and you know have it published to these different platforms. So we'd we'll love to hear how it goes in you know 12 months. Uh, I'd be curious to see where How uh, you feel like that experiment went if if you do decide to do 12 months. But it seems like it worked out with the podcast, so maybe give it a shot for the YouTube channel. See what
1: happens. For years, you know, I keep keep banging my head
3: against the wall. Something's
1: got to work. That's awesome. Well, yeah, thank you exactly. so much for for breaking down your process and journey for us, Andy. Where can our listeners, you know, the Inspired Money podcast, subscribe, listen to you there, but where can they find you on YouTube and TikTok and all the places that you want to connect with the community?
3: Yeah, the easiest place is to go to inspiredmoney.fm that takes you to the website. For podcasters out there who are in the Squadcast community, if you want to go to podcastgym.com, that's a, a blog and sort of a podcast. It's more of a podcast newsletter that I publish every two weeks where basically I'm trying to share some of the insights as I'm experimenting, as I'm learning on launching a podcast, trying to grow a podcast, and I haven't tackled too much monetization of a podcast, but that's the thought there. So podcastgym.com.
2: That's very cool. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely link to all that in the show notes. And I think that's cool, man, because it's kind of like what we hear, uh, at least in, in like tech, when they call like building in public, you're kind of doing that with your show. So I think that's neat.
3: I have a small team who's been helping me with the video editing and video production. And some of the guys on the team have been urging me. They're like, you gotta, you gotta try Squadcast, record on Squadcast. So we're going to be testing it. Awesome. And um, combo of We're going to test it like within our team. This is like, we're all spread out, right? This is the 21st century. So I've got a guy in South Africa. I have a guy in Argentina. Video editor is in Argentina. I'm in New Jersey. So we're going to test Squadcast as one part of our like production meeting. So we can all talk to each other, see each other, record it. And we can uh, listen to the audio quality, check out the video quality. And then I'll try it for the uh, actual episodes too. So really looking forward to it. Keep up the great work. Thank Love you. what you guys right. are doing.
2: Thank you, and tell us how that went. And uh, that's exactly what Squadcast is for: is bringing the studio to you. Thanks for
1: tuning in to this week's episode of Between Two Mics. We hope you enjoyed our conversation. If you learned something or we intrigued you a bit, let us know on social media. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn by searching for Squadcast FM. And if you want to show the podcast some love, you can leave us a rating or review wherever it is you're listening right now. This show is put together by us,
2: Zach and Rock. It's mixed and produced by Vince Moreno with help from Ariel Nissenblatt.
1: Our logo is designed by Alex Wedby. Since we're a podcast about podcast, we want to shout out the brands and products that we trust. We're recording using squadcast.fm. And here's our current stack. For recording, we're using ATR 2100 mics, Apple AirPods Max headphones, and Focusrite Scarlett 2i2 audio interfaces. We edit the show on Adobe Audition, and our hosting site is Simplecast. That's it for us this week. We're back next week with more from Between These Mics.